4: presented by AT&T connecting changes
5: everything
2: you're listening to Fox Sports Radio, Radio. Radio.
4: Always good to be here, RJ, on a busy Friday. And we start here on Straight Out of Vegas in the NBA, where the news broke a little while ago that Luke Walton is out as head coach. Uh, The wording on that is that they have mutually agreed to part ways, but nonetheless, LA is on the lookout for a new head coach there. RJ, what does Vegas make of the latest development with the Lakers?
3: I tell you this, just on a... And what we try to do, and I think one of the reasons... That about half the people listening straight out of Vegas don't gamble, like but they still listen. Is life is a gamble? When you Jonas, when you are deciding, are you going home with that young lady? It's a gamble. You you following?
4: Definitely. I hear you.
3: You got to weigh the odds. With some people, is do I eat the Manhattan clam chowder that's a day old, fifty percent off? That's a gamble. Vegas looks at things a certain way. I think smart people say Vegas knows what they're doing. And I I think we just think back to Luke Walton a couple of years ago, three years ago, one of the five hottest non-head coaches in the NBA, meaning for the next job. After that time when he took over Golden State, they had that long winning streak. Top of the world, wouldn't you say, Fezzik? Yeah, I I think so. And now – How much is he solid? So, I mean, maybe, Jonas, you being uh, the voice of the fans, what would you say the odds are Luke Walton has a head coaching job next year?
4: I would say the odds are good because I don't think he's the guy that's going to get the bulk of the blame at what happened in
5: L.A. And I think Luke Walton is likely headed to Sacramento based upon current rumors.
3: Okay, so then that's a poor Luke. Well, I, I, <laughs> well, they're almost a playoff team. This well, year. They won more than the uh, Lakers. But, but I, I guess the life lesson there for me is when you're on top of the world, it feels like this is the way it was always supposed to be. But boy, oh boy, does that globe
5: spin fast. Absolutely. And let's face it, by the time the All-Star break came along, about a week after, Luke Walton essentially had become what many felt was a lame duck coach.
3: And we see that in college football a ton. Where this guy is like, oh, everyone's after him. He sits there, he waits a year or two at the small school he's at. All of a sudden people lose interest. Some of it's the fickleness of and the pace of society today, the internet pace of it all. But some of it is that when you're running bad, you're probably being unlucky. You know, when you're doing poorly, you're probably got some lack of luck there. And when you're doing exceptionally well, there's probably some luck there. So in general, you know, if you talk to guys that run bars or clubs, when there's a line around the block, that's when you sell. Because chances are in five years, and we can refer to Jonas again. Now, Jonas, how long have you been in L.A.? Uh,
4: my whole life, pretty
3: much. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. I thought you were like uh, traveling
4: through like the South, being a board op, trying oh, to get Oh, yeah, L- I did that. I, I had that little stretch. But in oh, LA. So, so your whole life, except for this other time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was born and raised uh, in LA and then spent a short time in the South and then moved back to LA when the Oh, South it sounds like he, cra-
3: he has like a creation myth. It's not even true. Yes. But right. all these board op stops that he did, making it up all on right. the fly. <laughs> but the reality is, how, what's the longest a club stays hot?
4: Ooh, um, six months.
3: <laughs> so at that point, you do the, you look at the, the receipts and you sell the thing, right? So Luke, you got to lock those contracts in. Sometimes, again, Luke might end up being a Hall of Fame coach, or he might end up flaming out his next job, and then never have a head coaching job again, even though. He was on top of the world at one point. And
5: the bottom line is the Lakers were supposed to win 48 games this year. He fell short of that by double digits, them only winning 37. That's a pretty poor performance just on the bottom line.
3: And if you just think about, again, that Christmas Day game not that long ago, fourth in the West, the Lakers, the potential Anthony Davis ahead of him, LeBron healthy, Magic happy, the distance between then and now, and what, 100 days? Whoo, that's a tough 100 days for the Lakers. In a weird way, it felt like Luke was on firmer footing with Magic out, but it looks like they're just going to clear house. So with Planka, what would your guess be, Jonas, with with Planka
4: I, I think he's safe, and that's everything. That he's the one.
3: He's the survivor.
4: Yes, and that's that's what's weird about this. I assume that sort of everybody was connected here, but I guess Palenka is safe, and that's what leads some people to speculate about Kobe Bryant's involvement moving forward because of his relationship with Rob Palenka.
0: How
3: funny would it be if Kobe becomes president? It'd be, It'd be like when Rick. It's like when Rick Flair became <laughs> president of the WWE. <laughs>
0: Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you,
1: or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that.
4: Let's get it going. It is the first game of the playoffs. They will tip off at 2.30 Eastern time tomorrow on ESPN. It is the Nets and the 76ers. All
3: right. Just came out over the
5: wires. Embiid out. How many points is he worth, And Embiid's worth four points. Already. Wow. Four. Embiid is the star. I know that that lineup for Philly is stacked. Some say best lineup in the East in the NBA, but Embiid is truly the one piece that Philly needs to be able to contend four-point difference in power ratings.
3: So how many players in the NBA are worth more than four points? It's only four. So Embiid's tied for the fifth-best player in the NBA.
5: Well, no, he's the fifth most— most important player in well, the Well, what's NBA. the difference? Well, it's just the way that Philly is constructed, they desperately need him. And I think a big part of that is that... Yeah, but that's the same thing. Fair enough. How good? I mean, you're right. When you get around the edges,
3: you could say this player for this team is going to be a little more valuable than for that team. But in general, you're saying there's only four guys better.
5: Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay, so did the line move accordingly? The line moved. In game one? Game yes, one. The, so the game one line... The bookmakers had a problem here because they did not know whether Embiid was going to play or not. He was questionable for game one. So what they did is they put up a line Philly minus seven. Then that line was based upon chance he plays, chance he doesn't play, chance he plays, but he was not going to be 100%. So that line has dropped from minus seven down to minus five and a half.
3: All right. So you're saying the line would be more towards nine, nine and a half if he was 100% healthy. Correct. Okay. So even though, now think about that, the home court in the NBA is worth about four. Three and a half, three and a half. Mm, I'd say it's more towards four. But okay, let's call it three and a half. That means Philly without Embiid isn't much, much
5: better as a team. A couple of points. Philly without Embiid is only, I only have two points better than an average team right now. With them, six points better.
3: But what I'm saying is if we look at the game one line, which Mm -hmm. is what? Game one line currently is minus five and a half, Philly. And Philly's the home team. Yes. Let's use your number of three and a half for home field advantage. You follow me so far? Yes, yes. You want me to go slower? No, got... Philly. We've uh, the market
5: nine. is saying Philly's two points better without Embiid than Brooklyn.
3: Boy, that I mean, and the point I'm making is after that very painful effort for you to understand the point
5: <laughs> was that that's not many points. No, there's not a big difference between these two teams with, when Embiid is out. Anything else in this series? Uh, you know, I'm concerned about the Philly players just haven't had enough time to play together. You look at that starting five, Simmons, Reddick. Butler, Harris, Embiid, it sounds great. Those guys have only had 10 combined starts together, RJ. They never really learned necessarily to gel and to play optimally together.
3: And with Embiid out now, that's going to continue. Exactly. Now, the theory is Philly, if they hit the inside straight, they win a few series, Embiid stays healthy, and they start to gel as a team. So you could kind of make the case, if Philly does win a couple of series, they're going to be much more dangerous than they are right now.
5: Yes, provided that Embiid can come along and be close to 100%. Absolutely.
3: Now, what is, what's the series price on this? series? Pr- so, so just to be clear, a series price
5: is who's going to advance. Yeah, so the series price was Philly minus 800, Brooklyn plus 550. Now, I'm sure with this news, it probably has shrunken a little bit. I haven't looked at the update.
3: I mean, is this worth a flyer on Brooklyn? Because the theory is Embiid could be a lot more injured than we know. It could be mm-hmm. like they know in, in the building, he's not going to play the whole first round.
5: I think if you can get Brooklyn at five to one, it's worth the flyer because of but, the And, uncertainty.
3: and the, the theory is if Embiid is what they're trying to say he is, which is day to day, probably a, a break. Even you probably lose a little something in the long run, but I think there's a real 20, 30% chance Embiid won't play
5: the whole series and if so, that's a heck of a bet. I think so, especially considering some of these other guys aren't exactly 100%. Redick was banged up. Butler was banged up as well. They're going to play. I'm not sure they're
3: 100%. So to recap, Philadelphia, obviously a ton of potential. Tons of questions about Embiid here. If you're going to make any play, I'm probably playing Brooklyn for a smidge with an idea that Embiid's more hurt than they're letting on.
4: From the 3-6 matchup in the East to the 2-7 matchup, was, which is the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic. All
3: right, Fad, so what is, and I'm just going to, it's going to be dealer's choice in every series.
5: What do you think the most important point is on this series? Experience, RJ. Toronto's starters have 417 combined playoff starts. Orlando 33. So huge playoff experience edge to the Toronto Raptors.
3: How could Toronto's players have all that playoff experience when they get swapped every time they're in the playoffs? <laughs>
5: Well they did win one series before they got I think I think, Ka- think
3: Kawhi's bringing a lot of those numbers over, right? Kawhi
5: is certainly help going to help and you know it's really going to help as well. Kawhi only played 60 games this year, so I love the fact that Kawhi is coming in with fresh legs. They didn't they had perfect load management for him over the course of the year. Load management. <laughs> now now to me
3: Toronto's my you know based on the current market prices my pick in the east. You mentioned one of the reasons, why not playing every game means they're a little bit better than they seem. Because if he played every game, they would have won a few. They didn't win. Also, I think there was such a recency bias remembering the joke I just made about Toronto doesn't win playoff series. And Fez, you've been on, I mean, God, how many years has it been at some point on the radio you've said... Let me tell you something, guys. I think and this is with LeBron in the East now. Let me tell you something, guys. I think I think there's a chance Toronto's the better team than the Cavs this year. How many times have you said that?
5: Over and over. I'm like, <laughs> RJ? And this is rare because usually RJ is the one that's like more affirmative, but I had my condescending tone. RJ? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> These baby dinosaurs uh-huh. have been playing so much better than Cleveland that even if, if, you had, you, if you look at
3: the point differential.
5: Even if you look at a leap of faith and you assume Cleveland's going to play two and a half points better, Toronto's still the better team. Well, guess what? Not only did Cleveland play three and a half to four points better, Toronto played worse in the playoffs. I know, but boy,
3: this reset. Kawhi coming in saying, you know, there's a famous line Bo Parcells told that New England team, that ended up playing uh, Green Bay in the Super Bowl. He said, just get me, get us to the Super Bowl, boys, and I'll tell you what to do when we get there. Feels like why, even if it's just psychological,
5: they know he knows what to do in the playoff. I think it's a whole new mindset, and we've talked about this. You really need to have a true superstar, it seems, in most years to win an NBA title. So
3: to recap, Toronto's a big,
5: big, big favorite. You
3: don't love anything in the series. You agree with me, Toronto might be a little underrated, but they're not your pick, and we'll get to your pick. To win the East, correct? Correct.
4: We'll get to the defending champs coming up here in just one moment. First, I want to let you know straight out of Vegas is brought to you by Mako. You might not be able to get a new car with your tax refund, but you can make your car feel like it's brand new. All it needs is a great paint job. Come into Mako today and get your dream paint job during their tax season sales event. It is the 1-8 matchup out west, the defending champion Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Clippers.
3: All right. Now, this is important to say, and we were talking about – when it was Tiger Woods versus the field in his heyday, at his pinnacle. Well, MJ, Michael Jordan, you know, if you actually go to Basketball Reference, they've got Michael, you know, every player, uh, uh, pro, I guess it's Pro Football or Pro Basketball Reference is the name of it. And they have his nicknames, and one of his nicknames is The Goat. That's a pretty good nickname to have, huh, Michael? But in his prime, it was the Bulls versus the field, and at the time it was like, "Oh my!" I get every other team, and you only get the Bulls. I mean, that's what the sharps we'll put in quotes—the old school sharps were saying. You remember that, Fez? Right? Absolutely. Bulls weren't plus four hundred. No. No. Okay. And what ended up happening was, you know, Chicago obviously won a lot of those—six of those. The Lakers in when they maybe when they were going for the third or the second—I can't remember. They were right that Lakers versus the field with Shaq and Kobe. And it was
5: a great discussion, who should be favored, but certainly it was close, right?
3: Yeah, the fielder or the Lakers. Last year, you know, There's been three years with Kevin Durant in Golden State. All three years at different points during the season, pre-playoffs. So let's say the start of the season, let's say the all-star break, let's say the start of the playoffs. In all three years... In all three of those time periods, so that's nine different kind of check-ins, Golden State was somewhere between minus 170 and minus 250 to win the title, pretty much all nine. Agreed? Agreed. Remarkably consistent, Golden State, minus 200 or close to it. So think about this. Michael Jordan is prime. If you bet 100, you won 100. This Golden State team, on average, If you bet 100 on them to win the title, you won 50. Half as much. You would get double as much betting for MJ in his prime. I think it's important to realize that we're seeing history here, how good this Golden State team is relative to the rest of the NBA. My first question to you, Fez, is. Is this Golden State team this year better or worse than last year's team?
5: They're worse than last year's team by about a point, and it's all about that their bench strength is not as good.
3: All right, now, Bookie Cousins, just let me ask you this, because Fez and I did our deep dive podcast yesterday. That's actually up on my Twitter right now, at RJ Vegas, my last tweet. Or just go to any podcast player, search for RJ Bell, you'll get this show straight out of Vegas and or Dream Preview, which is our deep, deep dive how would you say Boogies performed relative to expectations?
4: I, I mean, uh, for his career or just this season? This season, uh, I would say to be expected, not not surpassed, not not lower, just to be expected at this point.
3: Because I've heard guys I respect say. He's so slow on defense, they're gonna have trouble playing him in certain spots.
4: Yeah, I think that's more of it. They're looking at it and going, Yeah, maybe this wasn't the best fit in the world because defensively he does th- there is a deficiency there that does show up in games, but because of his offense and his skill set, you almost need to have him out there.
5: You know, amazingly, since the all-star break, the starting five of Golden State with Boogie Cousins is ranked number one in defensive efficiency. In the NBA, so when you're saying with Boogie Cousins
3: on the on the court since the All Star break, but with yes. him on the court specifically, or in games that he played, in? It? games that he when he is on the court, that when the starting oh.
5: five are on the court together. Now, of course, he's got four other great players at the same time. Yeah,
3: yeah, but hey, listen, if 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 your deficiency is being able to be covered is able to be covered up by the other players, it's not really a deficiency. Wow, that's interesting. But you think the thinness on the bench is what? Uh, has Golden State downgraded a little bit.
5: Right. And let's face it, the bench isn't that important in these playoffs because you got so many more days off. But if one of the players gets hurt, if Curry rolls that ankle again, then it could become an issue.
3: Yeah, but I think that's the case with every team. If they're one of their best players gets hurt, it's a problem. Yes. Right? I like to see the team where it's not. Last question on this. Se- Obviously, the series is crazy. If you want to bet Golden State to win, how much do you have to risk to win a dollar?
5: Five hundred dollars. I've never seen a series price so. So for twenty
3: five hundred, you could get a subway sandwich.
5: <laughs> yeah. All
3: right. Here's my question: minus two hundred on Golden State to win the title, plus one seventy on the field.
5: Who do you like? I like the field. I like the fact that the field has Houston in it, and Houston is likely to play Golden State in the second round of the playoffs, and Houston has given Golden State trouble. That's right. The 4-5 matchup is next
4: up in the East. It's the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. So, Fez, you and
3: I disagree on this one, so I'm going to give you first crack at it.
5: Yeah, I think that Indiana is overrated here. Oladipo went down back in January, and they held it together, Indiana did, for a little while. And I really think that they're just not a very good team without Ol- Depot. My power ratings show they're just a barely better than an average well, hold, team. Hold on a second. Let's get something straight. When you say my power ratings
3: show, that means it's my personal opinion. I'm referencing my opinion to verify
5: my opinion. Indiana can't beat good teams without Oladipo, as evidenced by their record, RJ. Hold
3: on a second. I'm going to write my power ratings down real quick. Okay, I've got Indiana seventh. So now I think Indiana's got a heck of a chance in this series.
5: Let's refer to my power ratings. Look, they're seventh. Forget my power ratings. Since February, Indiana's played 19 playoff teams. They're 5-14 and against those playoff teams. So now
3: Indiana, after Oladipo got hurt, played mighty well for a long while.
5: Yeah, for about three, four weeks. Yeah, that was just a fluke, though, right? I think that the whole team stepped it up without him. For a month, for a month. I was surprised. And here's my theory.
3: Obviously, the NBA regular season's a grind. Obviously, you lose your star. Everyone else got to step up, and it gets tiring. But wouldn't the time that you think they'd revert back to the form of high energy and focus after the injury would be at the start of the playoffs, where if you expect a law it wouldn't be right after the injury because they want to prove they can play that well, the Pacers without depot. Then it's like, all right, we're fine. We're going to be four, five, six seed, cruise, cruise, cruise. And then now two, three days off between games. I think you can expect the Pacers play to be more like it was the first three weeks after Oladipo now that they're in the playoffs. Certainly possible, and they could have been well-playing possum here. I mean, it's just human nature. What are the stakes? How hard am I going to try? So I think you have Indiana underrated. Mm. I also think you have Boston overrated.
5: Interesting. Yeah, and Boston— Make your case. Well, I expect Boston is going to get a bump like Golden State— in the playoffs because they've been there before. And I think that Boston has had some chemistry issues over the course of a year, but now the playoffs, everything's bigger and more important than the playoffs. And I know Kyrie and the team haven't gotten along so well over the course of the year. And I'm forecasting that they're going to put aside their differences and play harder together in the playoffs.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of straight out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you the fan. We continue our preview of the opening round of the NBA playoffs and we go to our 4-5 matchup out west. It is the Houston
5: Rockets and the Utah Jazz.
3: Yeah, Houston went from 2 to 4 late in the season, Faz Thoughts on this series?
5: Yeah, I would only look towards Houston. Houston is undervalued, and it's all about the injuries they had over the course of the year. Chris Paul missed a month. Capella missed a month. So Harden had to step up and go all in for two months to cover for these guys. Finally, the big three is healthy. I would look towards Houston.
3: And this is an example. If the season stats don't reflect what the team is today, it takes a lot of effort to say what is the truth of the team today think the healthy rockets are better than the season stats.
4: Steve Fezic now has a best bet on the underdog likely to win a series and it's a 2-7 matchup.
3: Yeah, so this is Fez saying, "Hey, favorites win most series. If you had to
5: take one dog to win the series outright, it would be" The San Antonio Spurs, the 7 seed cash in plus 200 or a little bit more against Denver and it's all about RJ, I like to fade the altitude teams in the playoffs. Den- so
3: altitude is in...
5: Denver and Utah. You're up there. The air's thin. And so often over the course of a season, in comes a team on a back-to-back, and you just crush them. You run them right out of your arena so it builds up your stats. So, so you- let's,
3: let's slow it down. So we know that the NBA is about scheduling. And sometimes they call it a schedule loss. Is it just It's going to be hard to win this game. And oftentimes... It's a self-fulfilling prophecy where the team says, listen, we don't have much of a chance to win. Maybe we rest our starters here, except it's too big of a hill to climb. The time that's going to happen as much, if not more than any, is playing a second game back-to-back on the road at altitude. You're not used to altitude. Denver is. Utah is. Those are the two altitude teams. And you just played yesterday. Man, this is gonna be a tough one. And you're saying because of that intrinsic advantage Denver and
5: Utah has during the regular season, their wins tend to be inflated by a couple. Exactly. So their point differential at the end of the year always looks better than the team actually is come playoff team.
3: All right, so do you have so in this that makes you think the Spurs Win,
5: win this series. I think they got a nice fighter's chance. And the Spurs are playing very well. Fifteen and five. Had some new pieces. DeRozan coming in. They're playing their best ball of the year. And and that's what you expect is
3: as the, the new pieces got integrated, as Pop figured it out, trend line up on the Spurs, best bat, or let's call it the underdog special. On Spurs to win the series.
4: We got a best bet from Steve Fezzik coming up here in just a moment. Do want to let you know, straight out of Vegas is brought to you by Mako. You might not be able to get a new car with your tax refund, but you can make your car feel like it's brand new. All it needs is a great paint job. Come into Mako today and get your dream paint job during their tax season sales event. To the west we go, and we have a best bet on a series involving what two teams, Steve Fezzik?
3: So these are eight series. You've got only one that you like the
5: best. You're taking off the rubber band. You're batting it. Which series? I'm firing on Oklahoma City, the sixth seed, RJ. I'm laying minus 140. They're favored against Portland, and I think they should be a— The
3: sixth seed without home field is favored over Portland.
5: Yes, and I think they should be a bigger favorite, and the market, I don't feel, is valuing the injury enough to the center. Nurkic for Portland, I think he's very important to this team, and let's face it, this is a horrible matchup for Portland against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City swept them, beat them 4-0 over the course of the season. How much does Portland want to avoid Oklahoma City? They tried to put a lineup out there so that they would lose in their NBA finale. They did not want to play All right, Oklahoma so City.
3: You're saying a lot of things it's hard to understand. You're making an interesting point, though. Looking at four games, at, you could say four games is a too small of a sample size, but OKC dominated Portland. But then on Wednesday night, the last night of the season, when OKC, or I'm sorry, specifically Portland, they could have won and had a potential of a higher seed. They rested their key players. I mean, tank job city. Why? Because they didn't want to play OKC in the first round. So now not only could there be some truth to the fact that those four wins this season are indicative of a big advantage, but now OKC feels like, the Portland's scared of them. These guys are that, trying to avoid us. So Absolutely. That's a big advantage. So your best bet in the series, OKC minus 140 without home court over Portland.
4: All right, guys, let's get another best bet from Steve Fezzik. This is on a game uh, coming up this weekend. It is the Bucks and the Pistons, Milwaukee, a 12-and-a-half point favorite on Pregame.com.
5: So this is game one of that series. And, RJ, I never lay minus 12.5, but I'm doing it here with Milwaukee minus the 12.5. It's all about the matchup edge here. Milwaukee has the number one internal defense in the NBA. It, what's internal defense? Points <laughs> you give up in the paint, in the restricted area. They only give up 30 points. That ranks number one in the NBA. Well, how does Detroit score? Does Detroit scores inside their top two scores. Drummond and Griffin score inside, and they'll be neutralized. And you know what? Blake Griffin, I'm not even sure he's going to play for Detroit. If he plays, he'll be H- How injured. many points
3: is he worth? One point. All right, so you're, you're saying, listen, you and Freddie Fanny Pack. Now, a lot of you may know Freddie Fanny Pack. Some of you may not. Freddie walks around Fremont Street with a fanny pack. He's got a big belly, and he has a big stick with a Twinkie on it, a deep-fried Twinkie. And every third step, he takes a bite of the Twinkie. It's very interesting to watch. Who's he betting in this game?
5: Oh, he's betting big on Milwaukee. They're going to kill him. And you're betting? I'm betting Milwaukee. They're going to kill him. You're comfortable with that, huh? It's hip to be square in this game. Oh, In this specific game. Don't do it too often. Well, let me tell you this. <clears throat>
3: I don't lay 12 and a half ever probably, but I will say that Milwaukee feeling like the young colt that's getting to stretch their legs. If they're up 10, if they're up 10, <laughs> the, pro- the producers are talking amongst themselves. They're saying, we're going to mess RJ up no matter what.
5: <laughs> they're just so surprised I'm well, laying 12 yeah, and a half. I mean,
3: it's like everything's going crazy. But here's the funny thing is I do think there's some truth to the fact that there's going to be I think if Milwaukee's up 10 or 10 or so with 2 or 3 minutes left they're going to want to extend this lead because this is like they're unveiling. This is like they're coming out party. So I do think you got a motivated Bucks team. Fezzik's best bet for the weekend. Game one, Milwaukee laying the lumber.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.